0: somebody, I'm glad you made it today. And if they're not smiling, just thump them on the head. No, don't do that. Just love them. Just say, hey, smile a while and give your face a rest. Amen. Someone told me once it takes more muscles to, to frown than to smile. I don't know if that's true. So uh, if you see anybody frowning, just lay hands on them suddenly. Amen. And shake it off of them. I was talking to April after prayer. Where's April? I said, I don't understand some people. They just spend their life just with a frown on their face and and, and, man, life is good, amen? Everybody say, life is, life is good. Hey, on your worst day, you're better off than most, amen? Especially if you're born again, hallelujah. And so today we're excited about where we are. We're excited you're here. And I'm, a, I'm really thrilled about the, the message I have to share with you today. We continue, as we began the first of the year, a series called Coming Together. I want to say Coming Together. It's talking about the body of Christ coming together finding where you fit in the family of God. And we've been endeavoring now for, this will be the seventh week to, to ignite you, if you will, at a place of revelation in your heart about the power of, of plugging in and connecting with your relationship with God and his family. And I want to share more with you about that in a moment, but let me just say, uh, let me just pause and tell you about next week. Because I want you to be back next week, and I not only want you to be back next week, but I want you to fill up all these empty chairs with your friends and family. Because next week is Come Together Family Sunday. And the effort is that we bring friends and family that, that may not normally be go to church anywhere, people uh, that need a real touch in your life, in their life. And let me just stop and ask. Do you know someone within driving distance of this church that that does not go to church, that may or may not be a Christian, that you know needs the influence of the local church and the Spirit of God in their life? If you do, lift lift your hand. Amen. All of us have those in our lives and in and and around us. And so I want to encourage you. I want to implore you. In fact, last night we prayed for you that God would use you this week to make a big difference in someone's life. So as we move along in this message, you'll you'll find some equipment and some insight about how God would have you do that. Uh, But next week is so important for you to be here with your entire family, with friends and loved ones. And I really believe by the power of, of God operating in me that their lives will be changed. I promise you something. That if you'll get them here, the Spirit of God will touch their life. Now, we leave the, hey, they, they're people of choice, but I promise you that there's not a heart that's too hard for the Spirit of God to, to touch their life and make a difference in their life this next Sunday. Everyone say amen. So I want to encourage you in that, and God's going to use you. In fact, I'll be introducing March's, uh, the month of March emphasis, and I'm pretty thrilled about this because I know all of us need this in some areas of our life. The month of March, we're going to be talking about the family fix. Everyone say the family fix. Uh, I know some of you in your old life, you had to have a fix, uh, but that's not what we're talking about. Uh, we're talking about getting that fixed so you don't need a fix. Uh, And so, in fact, I want to encourage you to do something uh, today. Look up the definition of the word fix. You're going to find Pastor Sam's outline over the month of March, and I'll introduce it next week. But uh, I want to encourage you uh, to to really uh, get your friends here. How many of you got some, let's just be, let's just be, you don't want to be transparent. How many of you, some areas in your family need fixing? Here's the key. Here's the key. If you'll get fixed, there's some things in your family that'll get fixed. In fact, the definition of fix is a little broader. It's not just repair and, and to, to put back together. How about we get our hearts fixed on the right foundation of God's word, so on and so forth in our life. See, if you get fixed, your family will get fixed. And so peop, things in your family that need to be fixed and you know, most of us, we just look at one another and say, boy, if you just get fixed, everything would be fixed. How many of you know, it probably ought to begin with us. Amen. Somebody said, if you're pointing the finger at somebody, there's four more pointing back at you. So that's the month of March. If you get your friends and family here and tell them, if, if, you are, are, if you're interacting with a family and people in your life that, that, are, that are having family troubles, let's be honest again. How many of you, you've actually interacted with people this past week who have told you about family trouble? My goodness. You, you today, you can go to them and say, OMG. You know, you told me about this, but listen, our our church is focusing on the family in the month of March, and you can come, bring your family, and and it's called the family fix, and Pastor Sam said, if you'll come, your family might get fixed. You ought to be here. In fact, I'll come, I'll I'll boil crawfish Sunday after, glory to God, hallelujah, and I'd show up at a rooster fight for a crawfish, come on now. They'll come to church for crawfish, do something, uh, and get them here. It's going to be a great week, a great month. Uh, And so, uh, and I'm endeavoring, especially these last two Sundays to uh, empower you and equip you. Uh, Our big idea, look at, hey, everybody look at somebody and say, what's the big idea? What's the big idea? Well, I'll tell you that the big idea is this. This is what we've been endeavoring to get people to understand. Here it is. You're extremely important to God and his family. And God and his family should be extremely important to you. That's the big idea. Everybody say, that's the big idea. This is what you and I need to understand. In fact, let's read it together. Let's read it out. Let's just really read it out loud. Are you ready? Here we go. You are extremely important to God and his family. And God and his family should be extremely important to you. Now let's make it personal. Do I and me. Here we go. I am extremely important to God and his family. And God and his family are extremely important to me. That's the big idea. Everybody say together is always better. You see, God looked down, and we're going to talk about this a little more Sunday. God looked down at Adam. He created Adam. He was a fine specimen. He looked down and he said, man, it's just not good that he's alone. How many of you know loneliness is rampant in America? We, we're, we're surrounded by people, but we're lonely. Hey, God wants to fix that. Everybody say, together's always better. Our keynote verse has been Ephesians 2.19. I don't know if we can go back. I skipped it, but Ephesians 2.19. I love what the Living Bible says. You're members of God's very own family and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. That's the plan of God. It's never God's will for us not to be plugged in to a local church somewhere. I find people tell me this a lot. Pastor, we're just searching for where God would have us, but they never find. How many of you know God never not leads you into a local church? Come on now. God never leads you out there. Jesus only stayed in the wilderness for 40 days and it was for the purpose of defeating the devil. Come on, together's always better. Everybody say it, together's always better. And so we we were endeavoring to just build that in the DNA of our own life. That's the big idea. Uh, And uh, hey, guess what? We're connected by way of biology. Paul the apostle in 1 Corinthians 12 says, we're the body of Christ. See, we're biologically connected. We're relationally connected. This verse right here is there's family words. That household is talking about family. It's not talking about an organization. It's talking about an organism. Speaking of the family, we're relationally connected. Whether you like it or not, I'm a part of the family. You're a part of the family. Everybody say, welcome to the family. Amen. Red and yellow, black and white, we're all precious in His sight. Amen. We are His family. We're connected biologically, we're connected relationally, but we're also connected according to the Word of God spiritually. The Bible says we were all baptized by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ. We have a common relationship with one another because of the common spiritual uh, uh, relationship we have with the Holy Spirit. We're spiritually connected. And finally, and this is where we're really focusing on these last two weeks of this series, we're missionally, uh, we have a missional connection. We have a common purpose together. You see, God, when he left, or Jesus, when he left planet earth, he left us with the great commission. And that is to make a difference and, and do our part in all the world, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. You saw just a few moments ago, our missionaries in China, great family, the Sayre family. They're making a huge difference in the lives of little orphan children that are throwaway babies. It's just a phenomenal thing to see. Uh, our friends in Africa, hey, I'm going to Africa in September. I'd love for you to go with me. They've been making a huge difference all over. See, we have our hands extended through our friends and family, missionaries all over the world uh, who are making a big difference. We are missionally connected and we have a relationship Together because of not just what the Spirit of God has done within us, but what the Spirit of God desired to do through us. Amen. And so this morning, I want to continue to prepare you to be used by God. Let me say this to you God is ready to use you to connect people to God in His church. God is ready to use you today, this week, to connect people to God in His church. He's ready to do that. My question is, are you ready? Amen? Are you ready? You see, God wants us to know that he's going to give us opportunities. In fact, this week, everybody say, when opportunity knocks. When opportunity knocks, God, he, hey, he wants you to be ready to be used by him. He's ready to use you. Are you ready to be used? Look at your neighbor and say, are you ready to be used by God this week? Ask them, are you ready to be used by God this week? Man, I want to tell you, God wants to use you. In fact, he's making plans right now. We prayed for you last night, didn't we? All the people there at prayer last night say amen. We prayed for you last night and we prayed that this week divine opportunities would be made manifest in your life. And the opportunity of God would begin to show itself in your midst. And you would go and you would be just like Gomer Powell. You would say, shazam, there it is. I'm right in the middle of a divine opportunity for God to use me. So this morning, I want to help you be ready this week. We've got to be ready. Everyone say be ready. We've got to be ready. In fact, the King James word, man, let me tell you something. You don't have to be too sharp to be a preacher. You just look up words in the Greek and look up words in the, in the, in the Webster's Dictionary and you get all kinds of insight. This word ready right here is a powerful word in the New Testament. And it means it's a fitness term. I was with uh, Ryan and, and Trent last night in our prayer time and uh, they, were, they had worked out before uh, they got here. And did y'all go work out this morning? You guys. Kay K did too? They were pumping iron when y'all were crawling out of bed begging for coffee. They're endeavoring to be physically fit Trent's got a long way to go I told him I wouldn't embarrass them and show up but this is a fitness term ready it means to be spiritually fit and well adjusted and prepared everyone say spiritually fit well adjusted and prepared God wants that to be the case with us. This week, today, this afternoon. You don't have to go to cemetery, I mean seminary to get ready, amen? You can just be ready. How many of you know God can use us today? Come on now, y'all are, we'd be here all afternoon. I said, God can use you today. If he can speak through a donkey, I better move on. In fact, we'll look at the woman at the well in a few moments. God used her in about 30 minutes to turn a whole city upside down. Amen? So, let's jump in. Let's, let, how many of you want, to be, you want to be spiritually fit and well-adjusted and prepared? Amen? Let's, let's jump into this. I think of the first century church. Man, Acts chapter 1 and 2, uh, they, they, are our, they are our role model. In Acts chapter 2, the Bible says they were all together in one accord praying and it says suddenly something began to happen. Everyone say suddenly. Suddenly a wind began to blow, a heavenly wind began to blow and they were all baptized in the Holy Spirit. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They all had a little flame come sitting on their heads. And, and the promise of the Father had been poured out upon them and it was for the purpose of making an impact in the world. And the first thing they did after that happened is they took it to the streets. Everybody say, take it to the streets. They, the, and, and, and it, it says suddenly. Now it was sudden to them, but not to God. Because they had spent some quality time with the resurrected Christ. And some of them had spent three years following him. And they had come to a place of spiritual fitness. They had began to deal with some of the issues. Peter dealt with some, some issues in his life. And God uh, uh, fixed him and, and began to work him over. And they were ready for the master's use. And so the suddenly was not a suddenly to God. It was to them, but it was not to them. And let me tell you something. God has some prepared suddenlies for you this week. He wants to use you dynamically. And I want you to get ready. Now, T.D. Jake says this. He says, get ready, get ready, get ready. You ever heard that? That guy is the prince of preachers to me. Amen. Everybody's like, get ready, get ready, get ready. I can't do it like him. I don't even have a hanky. We need to get ready for these, for these opportunities that are going to begin to knock. Not some in the sweet by and by, but this week, maybe even today. Now, the, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 16 says this. It says, redeeming the time for the days are evil. Everyone say, redeeming the time. Now, there's two words. I'm going to give you a little background, a little history here, a little Bible study to kind of, and you may have heard this before, just so you'll understand what we're talking about. Uh, In the New Testament, there are two uh, uh, Greek words for the word time. The first one is chronos. Everyone say chronos. It's chronology. It's where we get the word chronology. It's tick-tock, tick-tock. It's, it's, it's days, weeks, hours, minutes, uh, seconds. That's chronology. It's time. Some of you are already nervous about the chronos here today. You're going, oh my goodness. Yeah, well, we got a little time here. That's the chronos, okay? And and we'll talk about that a little bit. But the second word, uh, which is the word here in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16, is kairos. Everyone say kairos. kairos. It's not a chronos. It is a God moment in the middle of a Kronos. It's at a moment where all of a sudden, a suddenly shows up, a divine opportunity is made manifest to you and you are, you realize you're stepping into the middle of a God moment. Everyone say a God moment. How many of you ever stepped off into a God moment? You know, let me just say this to you. Some of you stepped into the middle of a God moment and you never knew it because you were not ready. God all the time has God moments for us. In fact, let me just say this. Uh, I, I, I'm going to wait because it'll fit better in a point. Uh, I, I, got, I got illustrations popping up on the inside of me. So here's what I want you to understand. God has Kairos opportunities for us this week to be used by him. And I'm going to share with you some important things to help you be able to be spiritually fit and well-adjusted and prepared for these God moments when they come along. Not if they come along, when they come along. Everyone say, when they come along. And so here we go. I'm going to give you three thoughts today. Are you ready? If you're ready, say, I'm, I'm ready. We're talking about being ready. Everybody say, get ready, get ready, get ready. We're going to be ready for a God moment. Here we go. The first thought that I want to show, you've got to be spiritually fit and well-adjusted and then be ready to walk through the open doors of opportunity when they come. You've got to be ready to move through them. Everybody say, you've got to be ready to move. You gotta be ready. You know, in fact, there were some people in Jesus' life when they came to Jesus and they wanted to follow him and he said, well, uh, okay, just come follow me. And they said, no, 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 I'm not ready right now. I've got some things I've gotta do, I'm not ready. We've got to this week be ready to walk through the open doors of opportunity, the God moments that come our way. And, And let me tell you something, it will take your personal time. And here's what you and I need to understand. If you're gonna experience a Kairos moment, a God moment, you're going to have to spend some Kronos moments. You can never have a Kairos moment without expending your personal time. So many people are so so wound up with their time, God couldn't break through if he tried. Because we're so wound up, get it? No, we're so wound up with all our time and our Kronos, God can move in the middle of our, of our plan. How many of you know, sometimes he wants to mess up your plan. And he wants to move in the middle of your Kronos. Hey, hey, if you're going to redeem the time, if you're going to be able to walk through these doors of opportunity, you're going to do so by paying a price of time. Are you with me? Say amen. Now this past week, Beverly and I uh, were with Daniel's family. And uh, as we laid to rest, Gloria Felix, his aunt. And uh, it was a great time together. Their family's a great family. And so... After the funeral, we were all in the in the fellowship hall slash children's church with a big meal with one another. And Beverly, Beverly and I had to go somewhere a little bit after the meal. And so I got up after we were about done, and we excused. I excused us. I said, you know, Beverly and I have plans. We love you guys, and we'll pray for you. God bless you. And 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 I'm looking at my watch, and we had a predetermined Kronos time schedule, and. And I so I, I did. And I said, God bless y'all. Just rear gracefully love people. And I'm headed towards the door. And I look back, barely hadn't moved. Now, if you know my wife, that is her nature. And I'm try, I try to be patient with that. So I try to plan my Kronos about five minutes before it really happens. Because I know she's slow about moving on. You know, there's some. And so, in fact, I'll say some of the best goodbyes. And then she starts over saying goodbye again because it ain't done yet. That's just my wife. And so I headed to the door twice, came back and hallelujah. (laughs) Finally, I said, well, I'm going to the car. And I got the car and pulled it right up to the door. Then I started timing her because when she gets out, I'm gonna tell her just how much Kronos She has expended here. But the Spirit of God just kept saying, just relax. Just relax. And I said, do you know my wife? (laughs) Just relax. And finally, I saw her at the door. And the hallelujah chorus. I mean, family members were leaving before she left. I thought, she's probably mopping the floor or something in there. What is she doing? And finally, she came to the door, and I went, hallelujah, hallelujah. She came down. I never said a word out. She got in the car, and she said, you know, I just felt led of the Lord to spend a little time with one of the family members. And I realized oh, she had a kairos. My wife says she just cried and cried. And I said, thank you, Jesus, for the kairos moments of life. It will always cost you personal time. Are you with me? And so this week, we've got to adjust our schedules and adjust our world and spiritually fine-tune our life to the place where we're willing and ready and even able to spend some Kronos for the sake of a Kairos. Amen. You see, we redeem the Kairos with our Kronos. We begin by using our precious time for the sake of others. And so this week, if you want to be spiritually fit and well-adjusted and and at a place where God can use you, you've got to be ready to walk through those open doors of opportunity, those kairos moments, and be ready to spend a little personal time that you would otherwise have for somebody else or something else. Everyone say, Amen. The second thing you and I must do, if we're going to be spiritually fit and well-adjusted and God use us this week to make a difference in someone's life, we not only uh, have to be ready to walk through those doors of opportunity and spend some personal time, we've got a number two, we've got to be ready to witness to the supernatural power and influence of God in our life. We've got to be ready to declare what God has done for us and how he has blessed us and, and, and touched our lives. Has anybody here been blessed by God? Has anybody here been touched by the power of Almighty God? Has anybody here's lives been radically transformed by the power of Almighty God? Listen, this week somebody needs to hear what we have to say about what God has done for us. That's our personal testimony what God has done for you. See, it'll take you some personal time, but it'll, hey, it'll take you to share your personal testimony, your story, your testament about what God has done for you. Amen. Some people say, well, I just testify by my, the way I live, that's a part of it. But understand something, it's not just how we live. That's big, that's huge. In fact, if you don't live it, don't say it. It's huge, but it's how we live and how we, what we say and what we do. It takes Kronos to experience a Kairos and it takes our personal testimony and we've got to be ready to witness to the supernatural intervention and power of God in our life. Listen, first Peter 315 says this, it says, be ready to give an answer for the hope that is within you. Everyone say, be ready to give an answer. Man, you know what that tells me? That your life will be such a light that people will start asking you questions. Your life will be such a testament and, and your world will be a testament that people will begin to ask you questions. And let me just say, if people aren't asking you what's going on in your life, what hey, what have you been smoking? Listen, something's wrong with your testimony or with the way you live. Are you, are you with me? And Peter said this, hey, be ready, be spiritually prepared, be well adjusted, spiritually fit and prepared to give a reason for the hope that is within you. Listen, my friend, we got to be ready to share it. I I mentioned the woman at the well, you know, the story about the woman at the well in John chapter four, Uh, she, she was down there drinking water and the disciples had gone to get food. You know, most good disciples, they're really concerned about groceries. That's what the disciples are always worried about, groceries. You get a big crowd, the disciples, we can't feed these folks. worried about groceries. Most of us are that way too. Some of you are already thinking about lunch. Come on, anybody already had a discussion about lunch? Ryan Castile. We had a late late supper last night and you're already worried about lunch. Oh, you pumped iron this morning. I'm sorry, you're hungry. Okay, Most most good disciples are concerned about lunch. You know, that's kind of a side note in school I was pretty good in school I read real good in recess and lunch that's about all I did good recess was great in lunch but most disciples are concerned about lunch and that's the way it was they're going to get lunch and Pete and Jesus is there at the well and, and the woman comes to the well and so he 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 starts it, he realizes this is a God moment this is divine opportunity this woman comes to draw water, and so Jesus begins to talk to her, and, and she realizes she's in the middle of some, 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 oh, this guy knows what he's talking about, and so she starts talking religious with him. Oh, our father's worshiping this mountain. Your father's worshiping that mountain. She's trying to be real religious with Jesus, and so Jesus breaks to in a God moment with her with a divine word from God, and he just says this, well, well go bring your husband. I want to talk to your husband, and she goes, oh. I, don't, I don't have a husband. She said, he, Jesus said this, you're right about that. You don't have one, you've had five. And the one you're shacking up with right now, you don't even have papers on him. That's what he said. And she, she said, Lord, I perceive that thou art a prophet. All of a sudden she realized she's in the middle of the prophetic unction of God in her life. And she runs back to town. She dropped her water pot. How many of you know in, in her day, water pots are important. She left her water pot. She left her cell phone. All the things that we hold near and dear. And she ran back to town. And she began to share her personal testimony, which was about 15 minutes old. And she said, you guys. And all the guys went, oh, here she goes. You guys. Come see a man who told me all the things I've ever done. Everybody say, come and see. She just shared one line, personal testimony. And the whole city came out. And a God moment was born. And Jesus ministered to the city because he gave up a little kronos and moved into a kairos and was sensitive spiritually to his moment. And that little woman took the word of the Lord and shared it with others and a whole city got to hear the ministry of Jesus. We've got to be ready to witness to the supernatural intervention of God in our life. Jesus healed a guy of blindness one day, I believe it's in John chapter nine. And oh, it stirred up the religious people again. No, they didn't like it. No, they were worried about Jesus. And man, they they were thinking, we got to get rid of this guy, Jesus. He's messing up our religious gig. And so they go to the guy who had been healed of his blindness and they start talking religion to him. And they said, is he this, is he that? He said, listen folks, I don't know what you're talking about really, but I can tell you one thing. Yesterday I was blind as a bat. Today I got 20, 20 vision. Yesterday I was blind, but today I see, I see you that is my testimony I can't answer all your religious questions but I can tell you this I was blind but now I see listen the whole world wants to talk religious with you when you start talking about relationship with him and you can say listen I didn't come to talk religion I just want to tell you what Jesus has done for me I was all hung up messed up, busted, battered, beat, and about to split hell wide open. But Jesus saved me and he healed me and he washed my brains, put a joy in my heart and a smile on my face, a skip in my step. I'm not on my way to hell in a hurry anymore i'm on my way to heaven from beaumont texas if he should come today come on now god's done something great in my life this is my story amen most people when you start talking about their story ooh, about five minutes you're going i'm tired of that let's get to the good part come on are you with me get to the good part everybody say get to the good part Listen, we got to get to the good part and tell people about what God has done for us. This week, somebody say this week. we got to do it. We've got to be spiritually in tune. We've got to be ready. You don't have to go to Bible school to be able to tell what God has done for you. Hey, come on. You don't need a preacher to hold your hand to testify to what you already know is true. You don't need somebody to come and do it for you. If God has touched your life, you've got a story to tell and you need to open your m- 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 mouth and let it go. Somebody say Amen. <laughs> amen. Ooh, and share be ready to witness to the supernatural power my Bible tells me he'll give us the words to say amen it's your personal testimony it's going to take your personal time it's going to take your personal testimony it's going to take a life that is well lived in a story to tell what Christ has done and is doing in your life number three to be spiritually fit and well adjusted in this world and take advantage of the God moments that he will bring you this week. You not only need to be ready to walk through the door and not only be ready to witness to the supernatural intervention of God in your life, you've got to be ready to work. Everybody say ready to work. You've got to be ready to work the plan. Now, last week we talked about planning. You've got a part of our, our strategy in preparing was we're planning and we're strategizing and putting feet to our faith and, and, pl- and working a plan in our life for God to use us. You see, we don't just stumble into the God moments. We prepare ourselves and we plan. And, and we, we don't, those who, fail the plan, plan to fail. And so we talked about that and we've got to be ready to work the plan. The problem with most people is they just plan to work but never work the plan. You ever met anybody like that? They, one of these days, I'm gonna do this. I'm making all these plans. I got these plans. At some point, the plans have to come, have to become, move out of the planning stage into the action stage. And so this week, understand something. You and I have got to go to work with our planning and get busy about the Father's business. Somebody say amen. And let me tell you with it, th- this is what it's gonna take. It's gonna take your personal touch in people's life. You see, the first thing we talked about is your personal time. It's gonna take time. But then it's gonna take your your personal story and your testimony. But number three, it's gonna take your personal touch. You're gonna have to get, you're gonna have to smell like sheep a little bit. You're gonna have to smell like the world just a little bit. Doesn't mean you become the world. You're in the world, but not of the world. You ever been in a place? Well, I better stop. Where the smell of the world gets on you? I'll, I'll go, you go, I came in from the garage working the other day, and I had gasoline and grease all over me, and my wife went, listen, we've got to get out there and touch the world. People say, oh, I don't want to touch the world. Yeah, yucky poo. Jesus had supper with the tax collector. Now, there's some lowdowns. downs. Right? He got in the middle of their Kool-Aid, as Mestia says. He got into their into their boat, into their world. He got into in, into Peter's boat, and we talked about that. And we've got to be willing to not only share our personal story and our personal testimony, we've got to be willing to give them our personal touch. Let me give you four thoughts. Here you go. Write them down. Four things you can do to touch the world and work the plan today. Here we go. The first one is you've got to interest yourself in others. Now that's a that sounds simple, but listen. If you if you turn your nose to the world, listen, you don't have the heart of Jesus. Paul the apostle said in Philippians chapter one and chapter. 2. He said, don't look out to your own interests, but look out for the interests of others. Think about others. You've got to begin to interest yourself in others. I find some people, all they want to talk about is themselves. You know anybody like that? Hey, how you doing? And man, all you hear is some people tooting their own horn and telling about their own life. Listen, you've got to interest yourself in others. They don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. Let me say that again. They don't care how much you know till they know how much you care, till they realize that you are genuinely interested in their world. And you get into their life and, you've, and, and you and you and you, you you rub shoulders with them and you begin to interest yourself in their life, and you find, and you, and because you've been praying, you find as you do then interest yourself in them. You find an open door to their hearts. And listen, that's when you know you're moving into a God moment. But if you're going to give them your personal touch, you've got to interest yourself in their life, in their world. Concern yourself with what's going on in their family, what's going on in their marriage, what's going on in their finances, what's going on with their kids and began to show real concern about their life and real interest about what's going on in their world. They don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. Understand something. If they feel like you're punching some kind of spiritual time clock that you're not genuine with them and you're just going through some kind of routine that the preacher tried to tell you to do and they, hey, listen, even teenagers teenagers, And children know when you're not genuine about your real influence in their life. It takes a personal touch and interest in their life. And number two, it takes an investment. You interest yourself in them and then you invest yourself in them. Invest your, as we talked about, time. But you invest the resources that God has put in you. And the compassion he's put in you. And I said this last Sunday, you're meant to be spent. Don't come to the close of your life with a bank account, spiritual bank account filled to capacity that hadn't been spent on the needs of others. You invest yourself in others. You begin to spend what the resources God has given you internally on those that need a word from the Lord. Lord. Jesus took his disciples, his ragtag disciples, and he began to invest in them. He began to pour his life into them. And that willingness for Jesus to invest caused their lives to begin to be changed. Amen. We interest ourselves in them when we get into their world, and then we begin to invest. You see, redemption always requires an investment. For the world to be saved and redeemed, it took a great investment of Jesus Christ on Calvary's cross. The principle is still true for us today. Even though he died, he was hung up for all our hangups. Listen, we still have the responsibility to pour our lives. You were meant to be spent. Tell somebody next to you, you were meant to be spent. Come on. You were meant to be spent. Yeah, hey, you've got to give your life and invest your life in those that God is placing in front of you in a divine moment of opportunity this week. Don't not invest what God has given you. And listen, let me just tell you, I've been praying for you. I'm going to tell you what God is giving you. God is beginning to stir a word in your heart. He's beginning, in fact, we're praying. You know what we did last night? We just prayed that God would lay people on our heart and right before we left, we all texted our friends and people that God had touched us that laid on our heart. We just sent a little word of encouragement to them we're going to do that in a moment get your cell phones out get them ready we're going to make a difference in somebody's life before we leave this place today it's time to go to work tell somebody it's time to go to work we've got to interest ourselves in them we've got to invest our lives in them and number three we've got to live a life that would inspire them listen have you ever seen some of these stories of people maybe handicapped people what's the guy's name that literally was born with no arms or legs what's his name yeah, Vulyachik or something. He, just a great guy. I mean, pardon me. I'm not being critical. He's about this tall. He he just. But you you Google him. I can't remember. But what an inspiration he is. He loves Jesus. He preaches all over the world. Makes it. I saw a video of him. He swims. He does things you and I could would never dream. And we're all. Oh, I'm so inspired by his life. He's overcome such adversity in his life. We are so inspired. Let me just ask you. When's the last time somebody looked at your life and said, Oh. I'm so inspired by what you're doing and how you're living your life. It's getting quiet in here. Listen, our life ought to inspire people to be better. The way we live, the way we talk ought to cause our work associates and the people around us to go, ooh, I wish I had a life like him. Listen, I'm telling you, we can make a difference by the life we live. And we inspire people to live better lives because of the life we live. We live a life of inspiration for people. Listen, God wants to use you to inspire people to get up out of their mediocrity and get up out of their laxadaisical uh, pity parties and get up and begin to say, "Hey, if they can live that kind of life, I can live that kind of life. I'm moved and motivated by why, but by how this person, by he or she or you or me, are living our lives." Amen. You have anybody in your life that inspired you? Don't waste it by not inspiring others. You were meant to be spent. You see, it requires your personal touch, your interest, your investment, your inspiration, and number four, your invitation. You've got to invite somebody this week. You've got to invite many people this week to be here Sunday morning. It's the come and see. You tell them your story. And just like the woman at the well, come and see. Just come and see. Everybody whisper, come and see. Come and see. Read John chapter 1. The early disciples. We've met the master. I don't know. Come and see. Just come and see. Just come and see. I want you, listen, listen, you listen to me. There's power behind a caring invitation. When you look at them right in the eyes with compassion of Christ, after you've done whatever you had to do and you interested yourself and you invested yourself and you and you did your best to live a life of inspiration, there's something powerful about a, a, a sincere invitation. Are you going to church anywhere? No. Listen, let me tell you. God's made a, making a big difference in my life. I really would love it if you would come and see. And I want to promise you something. The statistics are out. That about 80 or 90% of you that are here today are here as a direct result of someone's personal invitation. The statistics are out. It works. Tell somebody it works. If it works, why don't we do it? If it works. It works. How many of you are here because somebody invited you? Amen. How many of you are saved because someone invested their life in you? Look at that. You see, if we're coming together, we come together not just a… The church is not a cruise ship for the saints. It's a fishing vessel for sinners. Hello? We've got to get ready to work the plan and then work the plan. Give our personal touch to somebody this week. Give our personal testimony." spend some of our personal time and let God use us today in a Kairos opportunity to make a difference in someone's life. Let's stand together. This may be a Kairos moment for you today. You may be here today and all of a sudden you realize that God is working a miracle in your life listen God's ready to use you are you ready to be used I know some of you are Glenn's about to go be used speaking to guys who need someone to tell them there's a hope and a future even for them and their traumatic circumstances but see listen carefully there are people all around you this week they're not behind steel bars they're just chained by the bars and the chains of sin and Satan this world system And they're looking for somebody can share some personal time share their personal testimony give a personal touch let's bow our heads we're going to pray that God would use us and now we're going to also pray that God would lay somebody on their hearts we're going to do something I've never done before we're going to let it begin today Father, today lay people on our hearts, begin to use our lives to make a difference in someone's world this week, maybe many people's world. Lord, I pray you would prepare us this morning for this afternoon and for Monday and morning and Monday evening and Tuesday morning and all through this week to lead us to this point next Sunday where right here in this altar many people who we made an impact in their life will respond to you because of the ministry of your spirit in their life because of the investment because of the invitation because of the life of inspiration that they witnessed this week through each of us Now speak to us, someone, right now, Lord, that we know needs to be here Sunday. Lord, lay them on our hearts. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You know what? It's 1155. We are not done. I'm going to ask you to be seated. I'm going to take every moment Better get your cell phone out. You can turn it on. (gasps) In church. Text somebody. If you got their number. You don't have to. Hey, let me just tell you something. Tell them this. I just got out of church. In fact, I just got a text. Matt. Matt texted me, said, I'm praying for you. Text somebody and say, man, just getting out of church. God laid you on my heart. I want you to know I'm praying for you today. Tell somebody that. I want to do it. a text in a moment they probably don't know you're here now you know what I'm going to do I'm going to copy and paste it and send it to somebody else response. Anybody to get a response? I got a response from one. Thanks, pastor. All is well. Send Bebo my love. You see, it doesn't take much to get a, your influence started in someone's life. There are people all over this room who are touching people right now right now the Holy Spirit's touching people's life because of a simple beginning getting into the middle of their world loving them and caring for them today Amen Father we pray for these who you're laying on our heart Lord I just pray you'd help them Lord and give us others Lord this week help us bump into strangers see God opportunities open up before us Lord I thank you that next week Lord we're going to see the benefits of people's lives being changed and people reaching out with their personal time and their personal story and their personal touch thank you Lord in Jesus name and everybody said Now all you do is follow up. You follow up. Everyone say follow up. You work the plan. You interest yourself in others. You invest yourself in others. You inspire others with the life you live. And you invite them to church with a caring concern. Hey, let me just say some of you newer folks, you really have a great opportunity to make a big difference. Because some of your friends and family are already seeing the change in your life. Some of us old Mossbacks have been around a while. We've got to work at it. This, is, this ought to be easy for some of you newbies. Man, come see this new church. Come be a part. Come, come hear about. In fact, Sunday I'm going to be sharing from tragedy to triumph. The tragedy of being disconnected from God and His family. But yet the great victory that happens when we find a connection with Him and His family very simple message. Amen. Let's stand together.